I'm down with Tariq and boys, Uma Johnson and Roe, Glenn Martin, but Steve Harvey a hoe. Telling jokes about slavery to get the white folks cash. Anybody defending that coon can kiss my ass. Coon, 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 coon. Coon, 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 coon. Coon, 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 coon. Coon, 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 coon. If you see a coon, say something. Yeah, I must be saying something right, cause all of a sudden people comment on my videos and my posts on social media and they getting blocked. They going to Facebook jail and shit. Funny how you can put up negative things about black people and it stays up. But if you try to inform black people, it's a problem. Let me tell you how to recognize coons and coon lovers. They're the ones that say things like, why are you attacking successful black people instead of the gangbangers and the killers? Like they really give a shit about what happens in the hood. Just because a motherfucker got money don't mean he's successful. But anyway, I'm hunting coons, and you should too. If you see a coon say something, ride on they motherfucking asses. They riding on you. All right, folks, this is the JR the Boss Man Show with my man J.C. Smith, the birthday boy, turned 37 years old, and we are joined by hip-hop legend icon from the Ghetto Boys, been on the show two times before, had to have it on one more again, it's the man himself, the coon hunter, the coon killer, Willie D on the Boss Man Show. Willie, what's popping, my man? I'm much love and respect to you, my dude. Man, see, man, he's out here hunting these damn coons, man. It, I tell you, boy, it, it just gets more, uh, it gets more challenging by the day. Because yes. they keep popping up, man. I don't know why. I think it's, it's just an infestation going on. And we need some governmental help, uh, you know, some resources, some of that resources so we can uh, exterminate these coons, man, because they need to be exterminated. The only problem is that Coons are the infiltrators for the government. The government like the coons. They, you know, they they recruit the coons, and so that's why it's so hard to get rid of the coons. You know, the coons are part of the government's program. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, Willie, I, 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 I want to ask you about Houston. How are y'all recovering from the hurricane? I know JC has roots down there as well. And I know you right there. I saw some videos down there, right there in the cut, helping people. So how is it there a few weeks out from Hurricane Harvey? And where's recovery at? How can we help here at the Boss Man Show? And my affiliates down the line who pick up our show every, every weekend. Well, the thing that I always do, I would tell people, man, is don't don't send items. Don't send stuff. Send money. You know, find a find a a charity that's on the ground that people that the people that's on the ground know the real charities like Red Cross you can forget that forget these organizations these national organizations that's out there that are that basically cater to mainstream forget that you know you gotta mess you gotta deal with the organizations that are on the ground putting in the work every day when the cameras are not on they don't wait on a hurricane to come before they roll up their sleeves and get into the community and start working. They're on the ground every day. So uh, the smart thing to do would be to reach out 
to those people that are on the ground, those community activists, if you don't know who the uh, community organization people are, those executives are, if you don't know who they are, ask the community activists. They're, they're community activists, they're the most visible people in the community. So it's easy to just turn on the television on any given night on a local station and see a community activist on, on a channel champion some new cause. So you ask them. They know. They know the organizations that are out there on the ground that's really putting in the work. I wouldn't trust the internet to just look up something because anybody can put up a nice profile. You got that right. You got that right. Well, folks, keep, keep doing, doing what Willie told you to do. Willie told you to look up people. Please help our people in Houston. They need our help because Donald Trump ain't going to help them at all. He's going to run his mouth and do nothing but try to boycott the NFL, mess with the NFL because he's a he's a freaking idiot. And speaking of that, Willie, uh, the symbolism of these owners, I don't buy them well, being genuine. Well, well before, be, be, before you keep before you go any further, let me just say this. Okay. You know, it's it's hard for Donald Trump not to be an idiot. His daddy was an idiot. Gotcha. His mama mm-hmm. was an idiot for marrying his daddy. Her mama mm-hmm. was an idiot for, ra- for, for raising her to marry such an idiot. See, this idiocy, this, 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 this idiocy goes down the line. <laughs> it, 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 it goes down the line. You know, like, he didn't just wake up being an idiot. He didn't just wake up all of a sudden and became a, and say, you know what, I want to be a white supremacist. Donald Trump was raised as a white supremacist. You know, what, his, what he did that his daddy didn't do is that he, he stayed connected with the white supremacists, but he didn't go to the rallies and the marches, at least not that I know of. But, you know, Donald Trump is, you know, he's a, he's a, a type of dude that's a rebel, so he'll, he'll get off, he'll come off script to do whatever he wants. So I'm sure he, he popped up at a rally or two. He's showing up. I'm sure Don, Donald Trump has had that hood and that, that, that white dress on before, the robe. I know he wore it before. So we just don't know. We don't have the pictures to prove it. But And his daddy got caught slipping at a KKK rally once before. That's documented. So he grew up in that. So imagine him growing up in that and he's at home and imagine the daddy friends coming over to the house. What kind of friends he had coming over to the house if he participated in the Klan rally. Imagine what kind of people that came over to their house, who was hanging around, who his mama was serving coffee and, and wine and water to, you know, it, who was sitting there for dinner. It was his KKK buddy. And I'm sure Donald Trump got at least a couple couple of plate uncles that, that are KKK. You know, you know, Uncle, Uncle Jimmy, you know, uh, you know, uh, Uncle Ed, KKK, you know, like, so he grew up in that. And... And, and that's why he had no choice. He really kind of split because he, he, on one hand, you know, he's played the game long enough to where he's met some people and he's been able to pass himself off as uh, a, a, a decent person. He's been able to pass himself, the key word, pass himself off, you know, as a decent person. And so he's met people that probably gave him a change of heart a little bit, like made him ride the line a little bit as far as not being a just straight up overt, you know, telling people exactly how he feels. But at the same time, 
the way he came up and a lot of the deals that he made and a lot of the doors that he walked through was was was, uh, uh, was opened by members of white supremacy, by members of the KKK. They opened those doors for him. So that's why when he made that first statement about Charlottesville, he hesitated first and foremost before he made a statement. And then when he did make a statement, it was a half-assed statement. Then they got on his ass and said, hey, you need to say something. And then he came back and he tried to go in on it. But then they bust back and say, wait a minute, man. You know, you got to remember, you know, we're the reason why you're in there. We'll fucking kill you, you fucking idiot. You better get your ass back out there and and make up. You better say something different this time. And that's when he went in hard riding for white supremacy saying, hey, man, you know, that was good people on both sides. You know, you know, he had to go back out there. He didn't want to do that. He just, just like Obama and all the other presidents, He's owned by a hierarchy, you know. Whoever puts you in office, that's who you owe. That's who owe. That's who you owe. And they will fucking kill you. That's why they killed John F. Kennedy, because John F. Kennedy got in the house and said, and he forgot who run that shit, who really run it. And they're like, you know what? You know, we're gonna off your ass. So that's what would happen. That's what would happen when you get when you playing high stakes like he played. He knows that they. He knows that. He can only say so much. He can, so it looks like he's in power. Everybody like Donald Trump is crazy. He's a fool. He's a, yes, he's all of that. But as long as he's carrying out the agenda of the people who put his strings, he's okay. He's gonna be okay. But everything that he's doing, the people behind the scenes, that's what they want to happen. Gotcha, gotcha. Now let me ask you, really, like we were saying previously, like, do you? I feel like the NFL owns a shit, to be honest with you. They don't believe in the movement. They was on doing that because Donald Trump came for their back pockets and their money. So they decided we had to do something now. They don't believe in that. They didn't believe it. They would have hired Colin Kaepernick already. They would have been behind his brother fighting for a noble cause. They are not killing a black mm-hmm. man. It's just a social equality. But now, because Donald Trump ran his mouth, called these great players, sons of bitches, now he wants to come out and be like, oh, no, 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 we're, we're unified. So now, you're diluting the man's cause and his gesture. And it's making about mm-hmm. that damn flag. It ain't about the damn flag. It's about injustice and the police brutality. So, in your opinion, do you feel like donors were faking for only as, as we think they are? And going forward, what's going to happen now? Then we get week four after week after this. Are they going to all pull back now? They'll keep on going because they made a point next to Donald Trump. Are they going to keep on going? Are they yeah. uh, are they going to pull back? Is the question. Uh huh. The owners. Yeah. Yes. They're no, going to ride the fence as long as they can. They're going to ride the fence as long as they can because a lot of people are starting to boycott them. A lot of the white people are starting to boycott them, and those white people, those are the same white people who voted for Trump. And, you know, there are other white people out there, like liberal whites, who are not necessarily boycotting. They understand what's going on. And they couldn't care one way or another. Their main thing, though, over everything is to maintain white privilege, even if they're white liberals. They want to maintain white privilege. That's first and foremost. So many of them will join that movement. 
to boycott. They're just not going to be as vocal. Yeah, man. Hey, like I said, you know, Willie D's an honor, man, and you've been putting it down for years, man. You always, you know, hit the nail on the head when it comes to, you know, things going on, things going on in the country, man. So definitely, man, kudos to you and everything you've been doing, you know, throughout the years and, and speaking out on topics that, you know, a lot of black folks are uh, here to talk about. But in regards to, you know, uh, uh, Trump and, and NFL, it seems like, it seems like the entire message, the entire protest, you know, that originally started with Kaepernick, it seems like the whole message has been lost in the South out there because Kaepernick was protesting, you know, the unarmed killing of, you know, black men and women, minorities by police. But it seems like it's been twisted by the media, twisted by the powers to be into being um, anti, uh, anti-black or anti-military. Speak on just the, the, the powers that be at play. Speak on how they're twisting the message and and kind of spinning this to their, their benefit right now. Mm-hmm. That's what they, they always do. They, you know, hey, man, if they can't steal our intellectual property, they're going to steal our idea. So, yeah, they're going to steal our credit. Like, they're going to figure out a way to steal it. You know, if they see something, they're going to try to figure out a way to put the spin on it. That's what they do. Wow. Wow. And, and Willie, you know, we, we get a lot of flack here from coon lovers about how we attack the Beijing king, Ray Lewis, for his coon in ways every day on FS1, inside the NFL. And I want you to discuss how you said in your video on Sunday, you, that fool was praying, he's praying that God Travis happened to him, like why I'm in this position. So let's break down of Ray Coon Lewis because people seem to get mad when me and JC talk about it. I want you to break it down, make these people understand what Coon loves, how this dude Coon's, how he, he's a detriment to our community with infiltrated names. <laughs> I like how you say it was infiltrated names. <laughs> 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 I like that. Okay, so, so here it is. First and foremost, let's, let's understand this. Some people no matter what you say, if you say something about that coon, they're going to hate you anyway because some of the people have some of those coon traits, those same exact coon traits that Ray Lewis had. So when you attack Ray Lewis, you're really attacking them. And when they attack you, when they're attacking you, really they're defending themselves. Okay? Now, Let's get to the other people who are just misguided and just don't really understand how detrimental coons are to our society. First and foremost, let's identify the coon. That's the various, various running definitions of a coon. One of the most egregious definitions of a coon is anyone whose criticism of their community outweighs their contribution to their community. Another definition of a country, of, of a coon that really hurts our community are those who reinforce negative stereotypes of, of their race, of their ethnicity, of the people in their group. They're coons. And then you have 
Then you have the coon who coons for capital. This whole thing, her whole thing is, you know what? As long as I'm getting paid, I don't care what happens to the black community. I want to get paid. I want to get paid. Well, there's some people who work in ad offices, ad, at, at ad agencies and marketing agencies for these big corporations like Coca-Cola and Chevron and, and BP and, and Budweiser. And every one of them have a black person to connect them to the black community and tell them what's hip, what's not, what's not hip. You know, what the black people want. What do the insects, what the blacks want? Okay, they got them one person like that. That person is usually uh, uh, college educated, has a degree, but on the inside, that person really thinks like the white supremacist thinks. He thinks that the black community is hopeless. He thinks that it's, it's nothing that they can do with you know, uh, they don't want to make it, so let me just get mine and keep it moving. So they would sell out the black community and they would put up ads in the black community, put up billboards and put ads on the, on the internet that target black people, uh, put up ads in newspapers and on television that targets the black community, ads that are very negative that, and that reinforces negativity and negative actions so these people are very dangerous but when we see them all we know is oh he works for Budweiser oh man wow wow he works for Clear Channel oh man he way up there man he's executive mm-hmm. but so all we see is a nice pretty suit we see the nice title and we know that they're educated but they're going behind the board, they're going behind the door, and in the boardroom, usually they're the only black person in there. And they're selling us out. They're not standing up for us. They're sitting down, drawing up the plan, sell us out. So these type of people gotta be called out. See, we're so desperate in the black community for some symbolism of success, we'll take anything. And that's why you have black people that are so hesitant to criticize people like Charles Barkley and Stephen A. Smith and the Ray Lewis's of the world because they see them sitting on these TV shows and they have these huge platforms and they look at it like, oh, a black person on TV. Oh, man, that's nice. We ain't got nobody else on TV. So... I know he's selling us out. I know he ain't really saying nothing to help us. I know he ain't really doing nothing to help us, but he owned that. He black. So that look good to me. He black. He black. We just go by that. We just go by looks. It's like that person who dresses up real nice to go to the club. And when they get to the club, you know, they may spend their last money on a bottle of champagne. And then when they walk out the club, they waiting on their friend that they met at the club to give them a ride home. And when they get home, home is on their mother's couch or their brother or some girl or some dude they check it up with, you know, in, 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 their, in their room or something like that. They have nothing 
because it's all about looks for them. And some people are more into looks than they than they're into substance. So we have to so we have to be able it, it, we have to be okay with calling these coons. Let me tell you, I didn't you know I was trying to give people like Stephen A a chance and stuff because I know we don't have that many people out there that's really you know have these huge platforms on television and stuff. So I'm not trying to. You know, just soon as I hear one thing, just go crazy. Just oh, I gotta get him. I wanted, I got, I gotta get this person. The, not necessarily, not necessarily the benefit of the doubt, but I got to give them a fair evaluation before I go in on. I gotta see what they're about. I gotta know. Once I see a pattern and I see a history of how you rock, and I see what you're doing, I know that every time there's an issue. With black people, you're the one that's always blaming black people. You take the side of anybody other than the black person. Once I see that, once I see every time you make comments like Stephen A and Ray and Ray Lewis and and Charles Barkley, every time there's an issue with black people in the black community, they will they will like go all the way in on the black community or all the way in on black people and they will levy a full outright assault on the black people on black on the black community if it's a white person involved they don't say something very minimal about the white person and then everything else bad about the black person like and they normally never say anything bad when white people are doing stuff they never speak on what white people are doing. Now, here's the thing. White people who are commentators and who are reporters, white people who have talk shows, they talk about everybody. If you fuck up, they talking about you. If you do something stupid, they gonna talk about you. I don't give a damn who you are. White folks talk about everybody. The black ones, they only talk about the black people. Now, they know about the whites, and they see, they got an opinion about the white boys, too. They got an opinion about the white women fuck up and do stupid shit, but they ain't gonna say nothing about them. They ain't gonna be critical of them. They whole thing is to undermine and throw the black community under the bus and do those large publications and media outlets and networks bidding. That's what they do. That's what they hire them for. Okay, which nigga can I hire to throw the black community under the bus? Which nigga can I hire to keep them in line? You know, which one can I hire? Because I know for all of for a, if you take a million black people that's saying uh, the police is wrong, I can get this one coon to get on TV and I he'll have five million people that will say the cop is right or get a cop a chance. I know he gon' he gonna change the narrative. So that's what they do. They hire these coons to regurgitate their agenda, to, re- to regurgitate white supremacist talking points. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. You got that right, Willie. And and speaking of being real, Shannon Sharp, I'm worried about him, Willie, because he's so real. Hollywood's Fox, that racist company, gonna allow him. To be at real for they take him off the air. Yeah, well, they'll they'll 
right now, I don't know, you know, what they're going to do with him right now. You know, I know that I'm surprised they let him get that far. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. I, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, but I, I think that uh, I, 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 I kind of think he'll be all right because Shannon got some, he got some contacts that the average person that would talk the way he ha- he talked don't have. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. He got some, he got some connects. You know, that's a little, you know, that's, that's kind of, it's kind of like if, if Oprah say something bad, uh, if Oprah get out too far out of line, it ain't that big of a deal. You know, it might be a big deal, but she'll recover because Oprah got so many white people around her that depend on her check. They depend on that check that she write them for her livelihood. They're going to come to her defense. And it's going to balance out any attack. And white people don't like to see white people not have money. They don't like to see white people. They don't like to see white people suffer. So, uh, you know, <laughs> if, so in their mind, it's like, well, you know, just, just, Make her act right. Just let her know we're mad. Just let her know. You know we're going to back out. You know, but you just let her know we're mad. Exactly. Now, I got one more, JC, for you jump in here, JC. I got one more for Willie. Is this? Mm-hmm. Now, Willie, how do you feel about Shannon Sharp being best friends of Colin Ray Lewis's brother, pretty much? That, 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 that's kind of what yeah. throws me off. That, you know, Shannon is all for rides for us, but his best friends are Coon, Ray Lewis, and uh, sellout like how's that work how's that work yeah i mean i, I really don't know how that works uh because that's for me that's questionable i don't care uh let me tell you something man i have a best friend that's been my best friend for 40 years let me tell you something man we've been through everything we've been to prison together <laughs> we didn't we didn't uh, been in the streets together. Uh, everything, dude. Let me tell you something. The first day that I, we met each other, we had a fight against each other. The first day. Wow. And we fought each other for about a year. Our family fought his family for about a year. My family fought his family for about a year. Straight. And after that, we just locked up, man. We, we realized you can't beat them, Jordan. <laughs> so we became we became friends. And it's been like that forever. And I'm going to tell you something. If today he became a coon, I ain't fucking with him no more. Because, look, man, being a coon undermines everything that I'm trying to do. You know, it undermines it, it undermines everything I'm trying to do. It undermines everything that we're trying to do as a people. So if you're a coon in my mind, you're, you're no different than a drug dealer or a gangbanger or a white supremacist. All of them want to see us suffer. All of them, are, well, I ain't going to say want to see us suffer because, you know, the, the, the game bangers and the, and, and the drug dealers, many of them are just totally oblivious to what the fuck they're doing. You know, but they're in it, and but they see the, they see the destruction that they're causing. 
you know, the white supremacist goes in with a conscious mind to say, I want you stopped in your tracks. I don't want to see any progression. The, the game banger and the dope dealer are so interested in their own survival and their own and getting their, getting their money that they have their own self-interest. They're so focused on that self-interest that they can't see anything. Else. They don't see who they're hurting. Like they don't see how the actions that they take today by selling this mother, this father, this crack, it's going to have an effect on the babies that they have down the line. Because we really didn't think about it. I was talking to one of my homies the other day that was out in the game. And he, he moved a whole lot of dope. And he was like, man, if I had known, man, if I would have just known this shit, man, I wouldn't have done that, man. Man, this messed up, man. You know, I feel responsible. And we had to know that it was going to be some repercussions, but we really wasn't thinking about it. I consider myself to be smarter than the average person, but I didn't really think about how, you know, years later, 20 years later, that these drugs was going to be like, like it was going to come to surface that all of these drugs that you sold to these parents, you know, was going to be a reflection of the kids they raised because you got dope dealers, I mean, you got drug heads, you got crackheads raising babies. Man, you know a crackhead don't want nothing but some crack. So, crackheads don't want the baby, so the baby gonna either be at their grandmother's house, in the house by themselves, probably getting raped by some family member or neighbor who comes to the house when you out in the club or in the streets chasing the rock, chasing that hit. Or they gonna be running the streets. We didn't think about that. And so now you got the result of those those drug deals from the 70s, I mean, from the 80s and the 90s. And you see the babies. You see the babies now. They're, shit. <laughs> you know, a lot of them are fucking just straight up demonic. Some of the things they do, some of these kids running around here doing the, uh, 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 Kanika Jenkins challenge, getting inside a freezer. So stupid. That's demonic. That's no, no, no. That's demonic. That's it's something different about that. That's a different level. That's a that's a different level of stupidity, man. That's demonic. Man, I kid before too. I was a youngster before. All right. I was never. I was happy, but I was never, ever, ever did like that. Never. And I, and I was in the streets for real. I was in the streets for real, okay? I was just real, not like some of these little cut ass shit out here today. I was out there for real, doing it for real. And 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 feeling for real. Not just doing it. And people knew what I was doing and they, they got out of the way. You know what I'm saying? Like it was So it, you know, so but I see what these shit who I consider to be a sharp dude. I do it for Arkansas that we like look at dude and his brother and like, you know, because I got coons in my family. I, you know, I love them for family members, but they come damn cool. You know what I'm saying? So I can't fuck with them. I don't know where around. I don't want nothing to do with them. I can't kick it with them. We can't kick it. I ain't, you can't come on my house. We ain't, uh, no, can't even know. You bad energy. You know, as a family member, like we cool. But then I got other family where I take that back. I don't, the coons, I don't love them. 
even the family. I, in fact, I hate them. I got other family, but I got other family members that I love that I just don't fuck with. They're not coons. The coons, yeah, I hate their asses. Family or not? JC, it's on you, brother. Wow, man. Hey, Willie D, man, you <laughs> you really speaking the truth right now, man. You know, with everything going on, man. It's, like I said, you know, it's, it's bigger than what we think, man. You know, it definitely goes beyond the surface of how deep, deep rooted, you know, and systematic. You know, uh, white privilege is in and just racism in general, man. And like I said, you know, we need more brothers like you, you know, to speak on it, man. Because like I said, it seems like for every one of you, there's five uh, Ray Lewis's or Stephen A. Smith's out there, you know what I'm saying? So with that being said, you know, with the passing of, of Dick Gregory, you know, one of those guys who was fearless with tell the truth about any and everything, you know, when it came to his comedy and just his life in general. He was always willing to speak out, man. Did you aspire to be sort of like, you know, Dick Gregory in a way to where, like, CNN may call you and, you know, want you to come on and, and speak about, you know, things going on in the country, man? Could you see yourself, you know, in that role in the future? I'm already there. I've already gotten calls from CNN and all these kind of people, and I turned most of it down. You know, like, when you see me speaking, I'll speak if I feel like it's a situation where, you know, it, it, you know, my thing is, here's the thing, like, for me, it ain't just about talking. It ain't just about going on and having a debate. I like the idea of, like, I like the idea of uh, trying to have some type of resolution. Let's, how, what we go, okay, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about it, but how we going to resolve it? Like, mm. I'm speaking, I'm speaking at the all-black uh, national convention over the weekend, okay, in Louisville. All right, I'm on the panel. I'm going there because I got work to do, and they're gonna, right. and, and I know that I'm gonna be able to, get, I'm, I know I'm gonna be able to get off and let them know what's popping, you know. So I ain't interested in just going to talk just to be talking. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in sitting down debate no fucking coons and shit. You know what I'm saying? For what? Because my mentality right. is, you're a coon. I don't fuck with you. When I see you, I want to drop your ass. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I already know what you're about. I don't want to fucking talk to you. I don't want to, I don't want to conversate with you. You're a fucking coon. Like, what? I'm talking about the ones that I know this, that they, mm. that cooning is their hustle. See, some of these niggas out here, Coonan is their hustle. Jason so Shitlock's the worst. Oh my you're God, I've got my Whitlock. You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to reason with a, a, a person who coons for capital. You can't reason with that kind of coon. See, you got, you got soft coons and then you got your hard coons. Okay? The, the soft coon is kind of like coon and that might be like your friend who say some coon shit every now and then he be like man but they want to be with the black community but they've been kind of indoctrinated and seen some certain things and, and some of these ideas have been planted in their head and you know it's like white supremacy has just kind of like got them on one side white supremacy pulling and then on the other side you know the blackness is pulling them back you know so those are soft coons they can be safe they, they got a chance the hard coons who make a living coon, and they're not going to give up their living. That's their hustle. They're not going to give that up. So what do I want to say? I don't want to talk to that type of coon. 
I want to whoop that ass. You know what I'm saying? Right. I want to break them. <laughs> I want to break that That's kind right. of coon. You know what I'm saying? I want to down that type of coon. I ain't interested in it. So all of this debate shit. Now I'm not. I'm not playing. When they start talking about, oh, let's debate, debate. I'm not playing with these motherfuckers, man. I ain't playing at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I. Yeah, so they, they they call me all the time. You know, like if I can, if I know you're going to call me and I know what you about, and I know that you're going to, you know, you ain't going to try to uh, put me in a situation where, well, I was about to say ambush me. I'm not worried about an ambush because I know how to conduct myself in interviews. Like, I know I, I got that down. So I ain't worried about nobody trying to ambush me. It's just that I'm not interested in walking into the newsroom and <laughs> you walking through the newsroom and it's a hundred motherfuckers at their desk and shit and everybody looking at you like look like they want to kill you and shit. You know, I've been in those type of situations like in LA, you know, at in the, at the station in LA going out there and you know, you got you got, you know, a hundred people, you know, looking around, they see me walking in because they know what I'm gonna talk about. They know how I'm, they know my position. But, but all of them that's in that in that office, you know, they got an agenda against the black community. So they looking at me like, you know, I'm the enemy. You know, so I'm not a I'm not afraid to, to debate or, or get on those type of platforms with people. But if it's if we can debate and it's gonna be about getting to a resolution and we trying to hear each other out, get to a resolution, fine. But if all you wanna do is just talk shit and then, man, I'm a I don't care if you're the host of the show. I'll call you a bitch on live on on the app. You know, like if that that's how I feel. There's not some people be like, well, you see, that's the problem. We, you know, we got to have uh, uh, such a discourse and da da da. Man, fuck all that, man. That's all, all that. Man, that's talking. I just they just playing, man. They, I'm not gonna allow these people to play with my emotions, play with my intelligence. They can play with each other. You know, they can play with each other like that. I'm not playing. It's like a lot of these dudes, it's like a lot of these dudes on YouTube, you know, they, they run their mouth and they talk a lot of shit. Most of them, most of them hide behind the cameras. They won't, won't show their face. They just get on the, they get on the, yeah, yeah, they'll get on the little YouTube uh, channels and talk that shit. Well, what they don't know, what they don't know is that, uh, (laughs) they don't know how serious the shit really is. They don't really know how serious shit really can get. And it's kind of like that when you deal with people who ain't had their ass whooped in a long time. You know, the, the longer they go without a good ass whooping, the more brave they become. And then after a while, you know, somebody break their ass off real, real good, bring, bring you know, get them real close to death. And then they, you know, you know what? They may still be the same way, but they ain't gonna fuck with that person no more. Right. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah. I got, I got, we'll see, 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 a lot. Of, I'm gonna tell you something. See, a lot of black people they get nervous when you talk about violence. They do. They get nervous. I mean, they get real nervous when you talk about violence. But white people never get nervous when you talk violence, if, if, as long as you're white. You if you're white and talking about violence, white people never get nervous. They only get nervous if you're black. You know. You go. They only get nervous if you're black and you're talking about violence, unless if you're black. And you're talking about how black people deserve the violence that's perpetrated against them. Exactly. Then you're good. 
Exactly. Yes, sir. I, got, yes, sir. I, got, I, got, I got one more topic for you before you close up today, man. Um, Donald Trump gonna uninvite Steph Curry. Donald Trump, Donald Trump going nowhere. Niggas, mama ain't shit. His daddy wasn't shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Steph <laughs> wasn't going nowhere. LeBron called him a bum. All the NBA players came together to talk about that damn fool. Let's talk about how the Golden State Warriors, LeBron, and the Spurs coach Popovich are woke people about what's going on in this country and how the NBA can be a role model for NFL players to step up and get and get a sack of balls and set up these people, set up for Justin and Kaepernick and their boy. Because Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, Steph Curry, LeBron are doing it. NFL players need to get behind these guys and follow what they ain't doing and kind of take a real stand down with Big Whips, take a, a real stand, Willie, against this brutality and this injustice. Not just say it, just lip service. Do something about it like the NBA players are doing. Yeah. Yeah, Pop and, um, Pop and Steve Curry, man, I got to salute those dudes, especially Pop. Pop has been very vocal. You know, Steve has been a person of three words. I mean, he said things every now and then, whatever. You know, that's commendable, but Pop has been going in on the ass. So I gotta I gotta give him I gotta give him respect for that. No doubt. And, and Willie also, man, uh, uh do you do you like how, you know, the NBA is a, a league of hey, we got the black players that we we gonna, gonna ride for them. But they have a rule about sending for the national anthem, the commissioner said we'll deal with it for the rise of guys not dealing for the anthem because anybody has a rule. For the anthem. Should the commissioner waive that rule, allow guys to kneel if they want to kneel for the anthem coming up with the season starting on Tuesday? Say that again? I said, should the commissioner of the NBA waive that rule where the guys can stand for the anthem? So if guys want to kneel in protest come Tuesday when games start in the, in the NBA? I'm, I'm, I, it's hard for me to understand, hear what you're saying. Now, I'm saying like. You, you, you're saying? Yeah, the NBA has a rule. About you have to stand for the anthem. Now, you thought the commissioner should waive that rule to allow dudes who want to kneel to kneel during the anthem rather than find them for not standing for the anthem? Uh, well, you know, my thing is out. My thing is straight up like more than all of that. Fuck the anthem. Why is the anthem still playing? The anthem is talking about rape, it's, it's talking about the killing of black folks. It was written by a slave owner. Let's get rid of the shit. Fuck it. I don't want to hear the shit at all. I hate the shit. I ain't been, I ain't stood for that shit in years. I always said, I'll be sitting down bold in a motherfucker. I, don't, I never stand up for that shit. So, I mean, that's my position. Like, why have it at all? I, I'm, I'm with you on that because as a black man, Seeing the word slaves about killing slaves and killing black people, I'm good. It's just, and you know what's crazy? Like, JC and I have a white friend try to tell us what it really means, and it's about the British. We don't care, we don't hear that shit. It's about, you got a, a lyric in a song as a black person talking about killing slaves and killing black people, we're, we're done. We're not sending for this shit. We, we over. You know, and he's not racist with it. We, he's not racist. He's, he's always open to hearing what we have to say about race. But he's a white moderate. We know what he is. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, he, he may not be racist, but he may not be racist, but he could be prejudiced. So, you know, be, you know, being prejudiced, you know, like you, you being, you know, being prejudiced, you white if you prejudiced. I mean, shit, man, that's all. All that means that you didn't motherfucking graduate. 
Cats. Yes, sir. Cats. Hey, yeah. hey, Willie D, before before we let you go, man, I would be remiss not to not to mention this to us, not to speak on it, man. Like growing up in Houston, man, like of course we know the the rap, the legendary Hall of Fame rap career you had, you know, with uh Taylor Boys and everything, man. But we also know you were nice with them hands, bro. You was real nice in the mm-hmm. boxing ring as, as well, man. Like I, I knew about that growing up, man. Like so you know, speaking on that, in regards to that, man, I know you probably saw a Triple G Canelo uh, fight uh, about two weeks ago, man. What did you think of that? And, man, who are some of the kids coming up, you know, in the boxing game today that you could really see, you know, being on the next, being being the next Floyd Money Mayweather or something like that, man? See, the thing about it is that, like, the boxing changed so fast because you can, you can have a 20-0 record in boxing. And then once you fight one person, and then you ain't never heard from again. So I haven't seen a youngster, a killer, you know, like that make me want to say I got to go check him out right now. Like this killer, this dude is a killer. Now he he may be out there, but I haven't seen. Him. But having said that, I haven't watched a whole lot of boxing in the last year. In fact, I almost missed the damn Canelo uh, uh, Canelo fight. Uh, the, the Canelo Triple G fight. I almost, yeah. I almost missed that. I forgot that it was on that night. So, you know, because I've been, you know, doing my thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I, you know, boxing is that. I mean, that's my love. You know, I, I love the hell out of boxing, man. I just, you know, I, I appreciate the bang style of boxing. I appreciate it because mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's what. That's what I did. I mean, I didn't take a lot of hits because I used to get them over with pretty fast. I used to get my fights over with fast. But, <laughs> yeah, I used to get them over with fast, man. And, um, but I like, you know, it's something to be said about a guy who has a defense that's so impeccable that he can't be touched. And I think the person who did that better than anybody is somebody people seldom mention. And that is uh, Wilfred Benitez. Hmm. Wilfred okay. Benitez was a look him up one day I, I seen Benitez I mean I seen Benitez Bob and Weave on about 30 punches in a row one day like he just he couldn't touch him I mean it's very very hard to touch him so you know it's it's an art it's an art to the sport man that, that I think that I don't think it's a, I, I think it's a it's kind of like a lost art because either you get a guy that does it too much or you get a guy that goes out and uh, he don't he don't do it enough and then before you know it he's you know 28 years old and his motor skills are gone Yeah, that was now that that was the thing that just always made me okay with not continuing the box, but like because I know, you know that that that, that acute of, of pounding to the head. Uh, even if you're a beast and you win in all your fights, you still get hit in the head. You know, you still get hit in the head from time to time. Somebody gonna hit your head, especially when you're a brawler, when you when you're a puncher more so more more than a boxer. I was a puncher. So I like, like I was, in a sense, I was like a pain freak a little bit because I like 
You know, like, you know how when you're fighting and somebody get a good look in, you say, all right, nigga, all right. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Do it like, again, nigga. Do it again, again, nigga. <laughs> yeah. Pull, you know, like, you know, like, yeah, no, no, that was a good one. That was a good one. All right. Boop, 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 boop. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, yeah, that was good, but watch this. I tell you what, man, me and JC are honored you can to join us on the show today. JC, I tell you, he's been a big fan of yours for years. Birthday week. I said, yeah, come on the show, bud. Let's be really and talk about us as well as how we can move forward. And, man, I think you've done it for people of Atlanta and our affiliates down the line because, really, I tell you, we're going to come on the show. People, let's go crazy, man. They love him for him being for you, man. And your knowledge is fast and just great for everybody in the city who was lost and get on track after hearing you on the Boss Man Show with JC and myself. That's what's up, man. I appreciate y'all. Everybody just take care of yourself. You know, take care of your families. You know, if you ain't already in a relationship, you know, pick that, pick that, pick it wisely. Pick that person you're going to be wise, you're going to want to be with wisely. Ain't no guarantees. It ain't no guarantees, but... I would tell you, from a man's standpoint, if you're going to pick a woman, I would tell you to do what I did. Pick a woman. If you're not in the picture, she can give your kids the solid upbringing that they need. Now, I mean, not in the picture, that means... You know, whether you're dead, in jail, uh, you've moved on into another relationship, you're out of town on business for a month, whatever. You need to pick a woman who can make sure that your kids are going to be raised, to be that can raise your children to be productive citizens, give them solid values that you yourself would be proud of when you're not around. That's from a man's Word. standpoint. That's how I pick them. And so, even though I'm not with my kids' mother anymore, we gave it a good run. We were together for 19 years. We gave it a good run. Couldn't work it out at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, you know, my kids, whenever I was not around, my kids were able to get what they needed from her. And that's, you know, that's very, very important. A lot of us, we don't really think about all that. We don't think about the long term. We think about like what's happening right now. Oh, she cute. She got a fat ass. Woo! You know what I'm saying? I got a fat ass, boy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And then, you know, and I, and I think that too. For, for women, I think like it's the same thing. It's like you get, you, you know, you get back whatever energy you put out. If you put out, if your energy that you put out is... I'm cool with you, you know, I'm cool taking this dirty money and then dude gonna get caught up, he gonna get caught, he gonna be gone and she gonna move on. So women who, I can tell you this, and and, and a lot of people ain't gonna like this, but women who date drug dealers, they used to switching up men because in their mind, they, they know what comes with that game. They know that if they know that there's a very good possibility, in fact, a probability, that he's going to get killed or go to jail. 
And ain't no woman gonna be by herself. She needs affection. So if you get killed or go to jail, she gonna have her another man. And you know, normally most dudes go to jail before they get killed. So that's why a lot of times when them dudes go to jail, she got another dude within weeks because she already moved on. She already moved on because mentally before when she met you and found out you was a dealer, she moved on already when she met you. She moved on. She's like, this nigga ever get in a jail? I know what I'm going to do. Bill on his you know what I'm she, she going to do exactly what the, uh, everybody else do. Her friends do. Her friends did. And her friends going to give her the game. You girl, you better, man. You, you, you a fool. You brought up down there. You a fool. <laughs> and she gonna be gone. And then a lot of cases, what she's gonna doing is being with, end up being with one of his enemies. I seen that a lot. I seen a lot of women end up with dudes' enemies. Damn shame. Damn shame. So you know, so we gotta we gotta be very diligent, man, about procreating. You know, who we decide that we're gonna be with. And procreate with. We got to be very, very, you know, diligent about that, man. Because we can, we can stop a lot of this. We can stop a lot of this, uh, you know, this, this, this bad luck. You know, by just being, being very, very careful who we procreate with. Yeah, another point, you know, having, Willie. Yeah, another point, Willie, is this. Also, knowing when to move on, because though sometimes we as men and women. We stay too long with somebody because it's comfortable. We, we, we got to learn to move on. Leaves, if it's not working, if you see it's not working, it's not good for you, it's not good for your energy and spirit, we got to move on. I know for me it was hard, Willie. I left my longtime girlfriend, my college sweetheart, but I had to leave her. And once I left her, my, my life improved, you know. So you have to not yeah. stay too long and get stuck in a rut and miss out on something good because you were stuck in something because it was just comfortable to you and it was easy to you. Yeah, well, you know, that's easier said than done. Moving on is easier said than done. You know, um, you know, it, 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 it's easier said than done, especially when you have children involved. But you're, you are right if you have to. Uh, the thing is, is that, you know, when, when you, you know, a lot of times people already know they ain't going to make it, and so they stay together out of fear, uh, and, you know, out of familiarity. You just kind of like let it linger, you know. You stay together for those for those reasons or whatever. But uh, and then usually it's the woman who breaks it off because women marry men who they can live with. Men marry women they can't live without. That's why when when the relationship is over, usually it's the man that's losing his damn mind. He's the one that can't go on. He's resentful. You know, if you see her living and see her out. You know, she's still with somebody else. He want to kill her. He want to do something bad to her. When when dudes be at the altar, when they be at, when they be at the altar and they say, "Cause death do us part," the woman is sitting there thinking, "Okay, when I die," and the dude is saying, "Like when I kill you." <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> you got that right. He dead serious about that death do us part. He like, "I'm for real." You got that right, man. You got that right. 
Man, Willie, this has been great, man. You have educated the listeners here, JC and myself. We're sitting here just in amazement, taking in all your knowledge, man, and the game you're giving us and our listeners, man. It's so appreciated, and I can't wait to post it on YouTube and our affiliates this weekend, man. People can get get some with Willie D's, man. Hey, folks, we got a great channel. Willie D Live on YouTube. Check him out. Videos are daily. Subscribe to Patreon for him. He's giving you knowledge. Help this man fight for Willie D. He has our back, man. Stay with the man. Willie D, you want to say in closing before we get out of here, man? Hey, man, just take care of them babies, man. And take care of yourself and be diligent. You know, be very, very, be vigilant about, you know, moving around, you know, because we're, we're the hunted. We're being targeted. Our government, we're being targeted by our own government police agencies that we have to uh, we have to deal with. They're not for us. So um, our goal is to try to be, you know, like limit our exposure to them. You know, be around them as little as possible. If you can avoid it at all, do not call the police. If you can avoid it, like let that be your absolute don't. Every time you get in a loop, incident or anything going on you first thing you be called the police because you you mess around and they'll show up and kill you because because they're trained to, to look at you as a suspect that's what the deal the boss man show jc and myself thank you we are out your mama should be embarrassed and your daddy should have pulled out no more talk I've been going against the grain all my life. I'm pro-black, not anti-white. D-boy, my little brother, trying my bush of hair, fool. My essay partners don't fuck with that coon Ted Cruz. You a son of an immigrant who fled oppression. Yet you demonize immigrants to win elections. Hypocrite, eat a dick, tell your mouth dry. Creepy ass running around looking like Mrs. Doubtfire. I want you to look right at the person and do this right here. They ask you something about the past, you say, I don't really care for slavery. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. I'm down with Tariq and Boyce, Umar Johnson and Roe, Glenn Martin, but Steve Harvey a hoe. Telling jokes about slavery to get the white folks cash. Anybody defending that coon can kiss my ass. Coon. Coon, coon, coon. Coon, 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 coon. Coon, 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 coon. Coon, 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 coon. If you see a coon, say something. Yeah, I must be saying something right, cause all of a sudden people comment on my videos and my post on social media and they're getting blocked. They're going to Facebook jail and shit. Funny how you can put up negative things about black people and it stays up. But if you try to inform black people, it's a problem. Let me tell you how to recognize coons and coon lovers. They're the ones that say things like, why are you attacking successful black people instead of the gangbangers and the killers? Like they really give a shit about what happens in the hood. Just because a motherfucker got money don't mean he's successful. But anyway, I'm hunting coons, and you should too. If you see a coon say something, ride on they motherfucking asses. They riding on you.